The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. in the middle of life's messes. Hot, happy, mess. I'm Zuri Hall, and this is Hot, Hot happy, happy, Mess. Oh, shoot. <laughs> happy Wednesday. I'm Zuri Hall, and this is Hot, Happy, Mess, and season two is moving and grooving. I'm excited for today's episode because we're talking all about influencing, which is a topic that has intrigued a lot of us for a long time, especially as the world starts to shift. Um, and if you want to get put on, if you want to, you know, dabble in the game of influence, uh, this is the episode for you. There is money to be made. Let's get these coins. All right. I am all about spreading the knowledge, sharing the wealth. And that's what we're going to do today. But before we do that, before we jump into this episode, I want to open up with a quick listener review. At SC Jonesy with like three E's said, just what I needed to hear. Love, love, love the latest episode titled Get Your Boss On. I'm currently job hunting and this episode helps me understand the importance of self-confidence and negotiating before you take a new job offer. I've always struggled with negotiations, but the tips in this episode have given me the confidence to ask for more, especially because I know I deserve it. Salary.com has become my new best friend. Love this podcast and love everything you're doing for young black women. Thanks, Z, with a heart emoji. Well, thank you. I love hearing that. It means a lot to me, truly. And that is really my goal. My hope with this is to empower women across the board, period. And it has especially been um, important to me. And my honor and privilege to prioritize highlighting black women and voices of women of color and their viewpoints and perspectives and talents and skill sets and career successes, because the things that we have done and achieved and accomplished are for everyone to celebrate and learn from and take notes on, uh, no matter what your background, no matter what your race, gender, sex, all the things. Um, we have so much to share and so much to offer the world. So I just feel grateful to be a part of sharing our stories and our expertise. And I'm so glad that 
people from all walks of life are listening and laughing and loving and celebrating with us and taking something away from it. So thank you for that review. I've said it once. I've said it twice. I've said it a thousand times, actually. So I'm sorry if you're sick of hearing it. But now I'm going to say it again. Words of affirmation. They keep the hot, happy mess team going. So be a real one if you feel like it and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts um, and a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple. That's the easiest way, the freest of ways to support the podcast. And it means something. It, it lets us know that what we're sharing with you, what we're creating, um, the conversations that I'm having are hidden. So drop a line. Okay, let's go ahead and get this convo started. Today's guest is Florence Howard, who is a multi-passionate creative and influencer coach known as The Blended Beauty to her 13 plus thousand followers. Her super engaged following has been growing organically since 2016. Florence is known for her genuine and honest opinions and exposés. She focuses on beauty, everyday life, and education on influencer marketing, has earned her endorsements from her peers as a subject matter expert. That's S-M-E, baby. We love an abbreviation on Hot Happy Mess. (laughs) As an influencer coach, she teaches her students to understand their influence, realize their power, and get paid for being themselves. I can get behind that any day of the week. I love it. Here's Florence. All right. We are here with the lady of the hour, Florence. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm ready to get into the micro influence of it all. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I've heard nothing but great things about this show. So I am honored to be here. I'm so honored that you took the time to share your expertise. I mean, so many people, especially in these days, are interested in, you know, how do I grow my brand? How do I carve out um, a world for myself in this social media space and make money? Um, and we've certainly had a lot of episodes that talk about side hustles and passive income. And micro-influencing is a really cool way to do that. Um, while also kind of taking back your power, being in control of your own schedule, working for yourself, which is something I'm a big ad- big advocate for. But before we get into all of that good stuff, um, I heard you are a recent bride, yes? Were you a COVID bride? I, I was, yes. I just got married back in December. Yes, thank you so much. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. We um, got married, or we got engaged back in 2019, and then everything happened. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, you know, we postponed it and, you know, we, we told ourselves we're just going to have a small wedding. Our parents can just, you know, just get used to it. We had 25 people and it was the most phenomenal time. The best, best point of my life so far. <laughs> Thank you so much for asking. Of course, of course. I am. Um, I'm just so excited for anyone I know or hear of that can pull their wedding off, especially in these strange times, because I've had friends push it back and push it back. And then they're just like, screw it. We're just going to cancel it. Or we're just going to elope or go to city yeah. hall and figure it out later. So I love to hear that you were able to have, you know, a ceremony in some capacity. Was it sad at all? Like coming down to 25 or were you like, oh, this is kind of liberating actually. Honestly, I honestly always wanted a small wedding. When I when I think about it, I never wanted to be one of those brides that had like hundreds of people at their wedding and I don't know who they are. My mom would have like I could I did not want to envision myself like who is that? Like do I have to think that like I didn't want that at all? So I had the 25 people that I talked to on a day-to-day basis. If I don't if I haven't talked to you in the past 3 months, I didn't invite you. And you know that that's my boundary. I love that and it was amazing. I I really had a wonderful time. It was again just the highlight of of my life. And it was great because 
the place that we had it in, I'm in Atlanta. Um, you could oversee the skyline. It was at night and it was, it was magical. We ate downstairs. It was a really popular restaurant downstairs. So it kind of just came together perfectly for us. Like I, I have no complaints. <laughs> Tell me about the dress. Oh, okay. So the dress was an organza dress. So it was a line, um, Justin Alexander dress. And another thing, I'm also a sustainable creator. So I actually rented my dress. Shout out to Lane London, the only brick and mortar store here in Atlanta, only does rentals for brides. And they also do it for hair pieces, hair pins. You can buy your, your shoes and your um, earrings there too. Like one-stop shop. I do not regret that at all. <laughs> Not at all. Right, because it's like, when are you just going to be like casually right. showing up to the office in your wedding dress five years Exactly, from- exactly. Totally Maybe for like a costume party or something, or, you know, if I'm blessed to have a daughter, but that was just not, you know, something that I wanted to do. And um, I'm really big on cost wear ratio and the cost and wear ratio of a wedding dress is just skyrockets. There's no need. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of paving the way. I'm trying to be a trailblazer in that way for other brides who don't want to have that financial like aspect. When you think about it, the average wedding dress, $2,000 upwards, maybe even people, you know, who have a bigger budget, $6,000, $7,000 and they travel for it too. (laughs) It was just, it was really like meant to be. I was so happy that I found them. So if anybody's in Atlanta or in the Southeast and wants to go there, Lane London, check them out. Tell them I sent you. (laughs) There it is. I love that. Uh, Speaking of sustainability, you have in your Instagram bio, sustainable-ish, which I love. Yeah. Um, And that's like a perfect segue into the conversation. That's a part of... um, what people know you for at this point when it comes to some of the content you share. And that's something that a lot of people are interested in learning about, especially here on Hot Happy Mess. A lot of our listeners want to create content in an intentional way, want to try to monetize that if they can. Uh, So if you could just share your journey, because you're a full-time content creator and influencer now, which is saying a lot, it's not an easy job, um, but you've been able to make that happen for yourself. How did you get to this space and what made you decide that you even wanted to turn, you know, a passion into a career. Absolutely. So it's funny. It kind of happened by chance um, coming into the influencer space. I moved to Atlanta to be with my fiance seven years ago. And at that time, it was a culmination of graduating college, not having any friends here. I was really lonely and, you know, wanting to discover something new. And before that time, I actually wasn't really active on social media, like Instagram. I was just getting into it. But at that time, my skin freaked out. I think it was a trifecta of moving, stressed out by finding my first job out of college. And my skin, my eczema, like just came back in like full force. I had it over my legs and my arms. And I was like, oh, like this is unbearable. And I needed a community to kind of just commiserate with me and tell me what things that they were working on. And that's when I really was delving deeper into like the K-beauty space and the skincare community on Instagram. And that's when it all started. I just found so many friends that I just would never have even thought to like in the real in real life, even like connect with through beauty. Um, and that transformed really quickly into something that I really enjoyed. Um, I, I have natural hair. I've been natural for now 15 years. And I started sharing more about my journey with natural hair. And from that point, I discovered a hair care brand here called Moisture Love. They're Atlantic um, hair care um, based here in Atlanta. And 
I started advocating for them. I'm like, oh my God, everybody needs to know about this brand. I'm obsessed. I love them. And the owner, Janelle, she's like, you know what? You've been advocating for us for a long time. I actually want to know if you want to be a part of our team. And I was like, holy crap. Yes. So we're talking money now. We're talking yes, about with some money, with some fun. <laughs> so it was really great. I um, was a pivotal part of their PR and marketing aspect, but also with communications with their Instagram and Facebook community. Um, and that just showed me a lot more about the inner workings of influencer marketing. And as I was already influencing, I could understand more about the professionalism that you need to have as a creator when you're working with brands or the aspect of whenever you are trying to really get attention with the brand, what aspects and what things that you need to do to really kind of build yourself. And again, the, the, putting the other hat on and seeing how some of these influencers are just not, they're not doing a good job. They're not following up. They aren't professional in their emails. They're calling me, Hey girl with emojis. Like, no, that is not okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I've I've seen the gamut of it um, throughout my career. And um, how many years ago was this uh, that you first had that I can get paid to influence, to be in this space moment? Honestly, the, the first, the first year, um, I worked, I, I started getting paid um, at 500 followers. Um, this is in, again, like my my prime of really getting into more showcasing what I do for my hair. And a lot of hair care companies came to me. They, you know, just wanted to have an advocate or have a person that really enjoyed their products to work for them. And I was like, okay, yeah, like I would do that. But um, I need some funds for this. And I was, and I think because of my background in college, I, I um, graduated college with the organizational leadership degree and just kind of working in that space and always having like professional etiquette and really having a, a way about myself when I'm speaking online. Um, but don't mess around with me. They don't, they don't try to play me all the time. Now it's always going to be an aspect influencer marketing where a brand is going to try to jip you and say, oh, we want to pay you $20. But it's our jobs as a creator is to let them know that we're not going to stand for that. And this is what our rates are. We are creatives. We're freelancers. There should never be a place to where other people who are service minded are not getting their their actual worth whenever they're communicating with the brand. I'm curious to know, is it safe to say that, you know, an influencer and a content creator, that those two titles are can be used interchangeably or are they two different things? Right. I see what you mean. I believe that they're two different things, but the people that really make the magic are the ones that can be both. I feel like influencing is, you know, your everyday person and you're anybody can really influence. Anybody can really kind of put out there what they enjoy and what they like. I think a content creator on the other end is somebody who really knows what they're doing in front of the camera and knows how to illustrate that beautifully. Whether that is with video or product photography that I see and I'm so like just amazed at, or even in the space of content creating when you're doing user generated content, which is what a lot of brands want. They want a real person in front of the camera showcasing their product. That way they can use it in their advertisement and really promote it on their social media. So the people who can do it greatly are the people that can do both, but there are space for everybody. And I feel like Sometimes there's always a bad rap about, oh, you're an influencer. Yeah, I'm an influencer. Yeah, this is where this space is going. This is a creator economy now. I don't know where you've been, but this is this is where it's at. 
It's so true. And that idea, that that word influencer, right? Like sometimes it gets a bad rap, but I've been reading a book recently that drives home the really true point that we're all influencing to various degrees, right? Whether it's in our office, in our home life, in our community organizations, anyone with a voice, anyone with a platform, anyone with an opinion has the opportunity to influence. Oprah Winfrey is an influencer, right? Gwyneth, Obama, they're influencers um, in a different way than we, I guess, uh, associate that that phrase these days. We always automatically, automatically think about Instagram and YouTube and Twitter, but any sort of public figure um, who, when they speak, people listen is an influencer. So I I do agree. Uh, The stigma has to kind of get, you know, tossed when it comes to that, because it's a good thing to be. Who wouldn't want to, you know, have a voice that people want to listen to when you speak, when you say something? Um, (laughs) What's important is to have something worth saying, something worthwhile to share with your audience. And that's something that you've definitely done really well. Um, a micro influencer. What is that exactly? What qualifies as a micro influencer? Um, and why is it something that people should consider? Why not? Why let go of the I need a million followers before I can make money on this idea? Why let go of that? Yeah, so that's a great question. I think that micro influencing is you're not the, the top tier million followers. You have less, and, and this can vary between, you know, marketers, they, they think some things are different than not. But when you have less than 100,000 followers, you are considered a micro influencer. And why I think people need to stop striving for huge followings is because there really is something about a person that doesn't have that they don't have these, this drove of people that are behind them. And you're just talking about things that you care about. And you talk about them often. And I think that the difference between a bigger influencer and a like a, a macro influencer as opposed to a micro influencer is that we're like the everyday person. We're like your sister. We're like your best girlfriend. We're here to just let you know, like, these are the things that work for us. And we're testing them all out for you. So you don't have to put your face or your, you know, things that you're trying out on a trial. You just know that we've made the time and we're saving you time to make these decisions or help you make these decisions. And these bigger macro influencers have these, you know, big followings, but then they aren't really communicating. They're not really, there's, there's some, I honestly feel like some of these macro influencers are just in this, maybe like five, 10 years ago of what Instagram, what social media was to where you could post a photo and put a small like Drake like lyric yeah. and people like vibe with it. That is not it anymore. <laughs> that is not it details, anymore. I need tags. I need to know what you thought yes. about it, why you bought it. Um, and you're so right about that. Like back in the day, it was really just, I'm just going to drop this photo here and you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And people loved it. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? 
like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR. 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises, or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. The consumer is certainly getting more savvy across the board when it comes to consumption because we're always being sold things now, whether it's on television, on our screens, on our phones, like in our day to day lives. So we're much more discerning and a little more demanding, dare I say, when it comes to our expectations. So that's a really good point you make about, you know, the micro influencers being people you can still trust because they're really engaging with their content and their following instead of being like, I've got a million whether or not half of these people care it doesn't really matter yeah um okay so along the lines of micro influencing you know you hear often that people should develop a niche like find your your target demo and find your thing your beat and then just stick to that stick to that but you aren't a fan of the niche why is that i really am not like i i am totally not i think that as people we are so multifaceted we have different interests. And I think that when you niche down, really limited, not only limited in the things that you talk about or what people look at you as in terms of authority, but you're limited in funds too. I will say that and I'm going to say it proudly. If I was only a natural hair influencer, that's all that people would want me to do. And I would be scared. I'd be apprehensive to talk about fashion or talk about, you know, sustainability or talk about other things. And it's, and it can be really hard for some of these bigger influencers or people who are stuck in a niche to kind of branch out because they're worried that their audience is going to go away because that's how you built them. And the approach that I look at it as is that you're a human being. You're never going to just only talk about one thing. And the people who are really going to ride for you are not going to ride for you for the things that you necessarily just talk about. They're riding for you for that essence of you. You've captivate, captivated them enough to say, you know what? Like, this is who I am. If you love me, like, this is awesome. If you don't, you're not a part of my tribe. You're not supposed to be in this community and that's okay. And no matter what people have said in terms of growth, I don't look at growth as my following in terms of how big they can get. I look at them as 
13,000 plus people who I have developed a relationship with over the past seven years and have always, no matter what I've done, I can talk to them about anything and they're supportive or they give me constructive criticism or it's just a really great like microcosm of people. And I, and I really appreciate that. And if I only stuck with natural hair, I feel like I would really be depressed because that's all I would be doing. And y'all know natural hair is, <laughs> that's a lot. Like if I had to always be on camera filming every single week, a different brand, a different, it's just a lot. And I stepped back from that and I've, I've truly been like really happy about it. And I can talk about hair what I want. And if it's not right now, that's okay. Um, and I think so too, with niching down, it's not necessarily really the niche, It's not necessarily the vertical, it's how you speak. And I talk about this with my audience a lot. It's pretty much an archetype or an identity. Are you the educator? Are you the person who, who I like to call the role model, who's that everyday like lifestyle influencer that just shares their life and people gravitate towards them? Are you the personality where you're online and you have a personality that's a little bit amped up more than your regular personality and people are attracted to that and they really get inspired by that? Um, there's so many different archetypes. And I feel like that is something that you can focus on more to do like your actual influencing as opposed to what niche you're in, because that's always going to change as you grow as a person. Mm -hmm. I love that because it really does open up um, the verticals in which you can thrive and which you can monetize and which you can just express your personality and your passions. You say that your identity is how you influence. So um, you, it feels like you kind of started to touch on that a little bit, but can you walk us through that a little bit more about figuring out our identity as a content creator or an influencer? Uh, what are the steps that you normally recommend so we can figure out the answer to, am I the role model? Am I the educator? Am I insert, you know, adjective here? Yeah, of course. So this kind of happens whenever I do audits of a lot of my clients' accounts. We kind of go through and see like what they're doing. If, if, for instance, if a person is really in depth with their reviews and they are really sharing with their audience how this particular product transformed their hair or their skin, this is something that I would say that they're more so educating and they're also being a role model in this sense. So I will also want to preface that your identity or archetype as a creator, they can also intersect. It's not something that you're a one, you only fit in one place because that's kind of limiting, right? So that is something that I look at. I kind of look at what they do. If they're a model, if they're a yoga teacher, if they are um, at like more in the spiritual space, those people I like to call artists because what they do more so in front of the camera and how they're displaying themselves is more important or is just equally as important as what they're saying in their captions or what they're saying in their descriptions on YouTube. Um, I always like to reference people. So one of my favorite people is um, her name is Ari and she is on Bright Salt, Bright Salted Yoga. Y'all might have seen her on YouTube. She's one of the really like top pinnacle black yoga teachers. And I, I look at her as an artist because she does that through her teachings of yoga. And she really kind of inspires people to be calm and have a more like self-loved kind of day when you start off with her. So that's the type of things that I see. I look at how you're really displaying your life and, and doing that online and kind of seeing like what things that you can kind of increase. If you're an educator, maybe you should go a little bit more in depth with how a certain ingredient, if you're in the skincare space, reacts to skin or why people love it. There's certain things that you might be kind of at the precipice of, but you just have to have somebody unveil what you can do to get better at it and to really kind of be in a space to where people even take you more serious and recommend you to other people. 
Um, when it comes to kind of finding out what our, our beat is, our identity, who we are, how we show up in the world and for our followers, um, I think a lot of times the point where people get discouraged is when they feel like, okay, I figured out who I am and how I want to show up in the world. But I also see like five to 10 people who feel very similar to that. So I shouldn't even try, or it's not even worth the effort. The market is too saturated. Do you agree that the market is oversaturated or not? I do not. I don't agree to that at all. I think that uh, it's a cop out. I feel like it's not really something that people who are really in this really pay attention to. There's nothing wrong with looking at people who are adjacent to you to see what they're doing, especially if you're friends with them, you know, just kind of seeing like, okay, what are they doing? What space? But that's where you kind of lose your magic. You need to pay attention to what you like and how you can really intersect that with your audience especially with, with the signals that they're already giving you. If they're already giving you um, love and adoration whenever you are posting like lifestyle shots or vlogs, that's the stuff that you might want to lean into to really even get them to like, know, and trust you, which is the, the big three that I always talk about with my clients and with people on my Instagram and my social media community. Because no matter what, we could be oversaturated if you think so. Nobody's you. Nobody is unique in that way. Nobody has your presence. Nobody has the way that you speak to a person or the way that you like to present yourself. Nobody can do that but you. And that's the things that you need to tap into and that you really need to take some time on and understanding like, what is your why? Why are you doing this? What is your passion? And what is driving you to continue to really kind of speak to people on your community, in your platform? Um, and the more that you pay attention to you and put those horse blinders on, the better your experience is going to be. And I think that a lot of people who are complaining about social media and specifically Instagram is they are not really looking and taking responsibility or authority of how they present and how they are really creating their community. They're paying attention to the other person. They're looking and, you know, this is natural, right? It's going to happen where you're going to see certain people and you're like, why am I not growing or why am I not? you know, at this place. She that was my next real. question. If you've oh, yeah? fallen into that comparison yeah. trap, because it's hard. Like we've never lived in a world where we have to see our direct quote unquote competitors in a business sense every single day when we log on. Like normally it, it, it used to be much easier to have that tunnel vision. So it's understandable that, you know, we've all had our, our different experiences with how we lock in, how we forget about focusing on other people and just, you know, get back to our vision or our why. But have you ever, you know, experience that how did you maneuver you know the comparison trap and get out of that thinking oh my god several times several times throughout, throughout the years and I think that it, it really kind of gets in this like I said like this trap of damn like they're doing this like I do this is that something that I need to like step into that doesn't really like I always kind of ask myself that probably does, that doesn't feel good I try that that's not something that I really vibe with um, I don't know why I'm thinking that. You just kind of get, and I know a lot of people can, you know, really nod their head at this. If you've been on Instagram, you're looking at your competitor and then you're just endlessly scrolling. Wow, that did well. Oh my gosh. Like so many people like watch that. How many likes did that get? How many views? And then you go down to other people down on your, you know, um, feed and you're just like, okay, these, everybody's doing better than me. What am I doing wrong? And it just kind of comes into this place to where, you know, you have to really just say, 
They're not me. I don't know their struggles. How do I know if that's successful to them? That might not even be something that they actually are, you know, trying to do or they're trying to like work at. I am trying to perfect and do my strategy the right way. I don't need to be looking at their strategy. They have completely different audiences than I do. They have completely different people who look to them for certain things. And just because we're adjacent or aligning in follower account or niche doesn't mean that they can do what I do. And I always have to go back to understanding what my why is. Or if you're in a place that you don't understand your why, you have to figure out why you're on here and really what makes you happy to be on social media. Um, and that's kind of the thing that I, I always try to make sure that people are going back to is it can be hard. It's tough. And if you're in a space to where you are really kind of in a, you know, in a limbo space of not knowing what to do, you still want to, you know, create, but you're, you're having a hard time really understanding what you can do moving forward. Experimenting is fun, but having a strategy of understanding what your audience or what you like previously is going to help. Because if you do something often enough and people are seeing and gravitating toward that thing, you might want to continue to do that over and over again. Because they've already signaled to you that they like it. Um, and kind of, again, the social media, you have to grow with the times. I know all these, a lot of people are very um, kind of second guessing short form video, but we as a society love short form video. It's not just people are saying it, it's, it's factually true. Um, and if you don't want to have all of your time to do all of the short form video, that's okay. Nobody said it was illegal. You can still post videos that are, you know, long form on YouTube or post photos, as long as you're happy about it. And as long as you are kind of changing, because you don't want to rust on social media, because you don't want to post short form, but you don't even know if you like it or not, because you haven't experimented with it. And that step point of kind of being in limbo and being stuck in, and kind of being stressed out or being anxiety ridden, because it's something new. is I think that I didn't start adopting reels for the, the next six months because I was over. I was like, I like photos. I like, you know, doing self portraits. I was like, I just wrapped my mind around these photos, y'all. And now you're telling me I'm supposed to be producing 60 second re real TikToks, moonwalking and pop logging. And I'm like, oh my God. So much. And I'm, I'm still in that, in that phase where I'm like kind of fighting it. I know I should be doing more of it. Um, but it's, it's so true. Like it's a new thing. And we're always like, oh God, I just don't know. It's not my jam. But the truth is I haven't even really attempted it in any sort of. Exactly. And it's having that honest, authentic conversation with you that that really kind of matters like you like you say oh, I don't want to do it but like you said have I tried it do I do I actually know if I don't like this you don't have to dance you don't have to point around you could do it in whatever style you want to yeah yeah that, and that's a really good point because the more I kind of dive into the rabbit hole and you realize yeah it's not just the dancing and the silly videos and whatever it is and there's a place for that if you're into it but people are being really thoughtful with how they share the same ideas and content but via short form video you know like I saw one um, where it was like oh my favorite books for black girls and she's just stacking the books in a really beautiful way and it's framed so nicely and I'm like that probably took her like 15 minutes max to, to shoot. Granted, she had to edit and, you know, zhuzh it up. But it's like, it's really just about ingenuity and really thinking outside of the box with how you share the same ideas, which for creatives, true creatives, I think is a part of the fun. Like that to me is is exciting. That's an exciting I challenge. Um, 
you uh, obviously do this full-time now. We talked about that a little bit at the start. I'm curious to know, was there um, an exit strategy when it came to your your jobs prior to the full-time jump? Were you like, I need to save a certain amount of money before I'll do this? I need to be making a certain amount of money before I do this? When did you know it was time to go full-time? And what do you recommend we consider? You know, Azuri, actually, no, that was never part of my plan. So I come from a Bayesian and Filipina background. My parents don't play. Um, professional <laughs> professional um, jobs and careers has always been something. My my family has has never, we don't really have a lot of creatives in our, our family at all. I actually think that I'm probably the first one. Um, but really what happened was the pandemic hit and I got laid off from my job. And I was already making the same amount of money that I was making monthly with my creative space than my my actual career. And it was like, you know what? I got to jump scared. You know, I have to, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know if this is going to last, but I have to put myself in a place to where I want to try because I really love this. Like, I really love the the feeling that I get when I get to produce something that I enjoy and people can see like something from it and get value from that. Um, and it, it really just stumbled and, and really blossomed from there. I feel like the world kind of conspired for me to really step into certain things that I just didn't expect to do, especially with my consulting. Um, I started just sharing like a lot of the ins and outs of influencer marketing that were really bugging me because nobody was talking about it. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start talking about this and documenting what my life is and all the different things that I have been struggling with. And other creators started really gravitating towards it. And I started putting out templates and kind of helping people kind of navigate this space. And so much to the point to where my DMs were kind of just getting really crazy. And I was like, you know what? Nah, I can't do this. If you really want to <laughs> really spend some time with me. I'm done. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, seriously, it was that bad. I was like, I cannot. No, like it, a simple question. Yes, but not a full blown like negotiation. No, I cannot do that. Does no. it not blow your mind? This is something that I just can't. Maybe it's because I would never do it, but. Like to your point, yes. When people slide in my DMs with like a question, something I can like answer quickly or with a, a reasonable amount of time. Some people are like, hey girl, so I just wanted to reach out to you so that you could just give me an entire playbook. Uh, can you answer this, 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 and this? And then once I get here, should I do this or this? And, and I'm just like, great questions, valid questions, but also this is for a book I haven't written. This mm. is called a book you haven't read. Like it's almost as if certain people are just expecting in this day and age that you have all the time in the world to just give them everything because I guess our society and tech has kind of created this monster, right? It's like, I go on Google and I find the things. I have my favorite content creator. I'll just ask Flo. I'll DM her and just oh, no. <laughs> give her oh, 10 no. questions. Hard stop. Like hard stop for sure. Like I just, I could not. Like I was like, and at first, you know, I felt bad. And I was like, why am I feeling bad? This is crazy. I should get paid for this. Um, but no, like you, you kind of have to just silence them and, and really understand that you have boundaries. And that's one of them. You do not come in my inbox and just splurt out all of your emergencies. That's not an emergency to me. You just say hi to me. Like, are you serious? Like, and then another thing that really gets annoying is like, oh, I'm, I've been a follower for you for a long time. I haven't seen you. There's no likes. There's no comments. Like, have you really? So 
it's it just becomes a monster. That is a that's an episode in itself. Like boundaries, particularly in the age of social media. Producer Ooh. star, take note. We need to talk about that from like the work. Oh yes, yeah. That's another topic. Personally, yeah. Um, so we have some listener submitted questions um, awesome. for these answers. Yeah, just like kind of rapid fire, like a few bullet points for each because we've got cool. four of them, and I want to try to get as many of them in as we can. Um, one asks. How do you get to work with brands? Like, how do you connect those dots? Are you Absolutely. outreaching or are they reaching out to you? It's a hybrid. It's it's a lot of a hybrid when I, I mean, still really, I, I think that 60% of my paid partnerships are pitched. Like I pitch the brand because I just love, I, I love that aspect of influencer marketing because it, it makes me feel strong. It makes me feel like I am really biz, business savvy. I'm not waiting for somebody to give me a check. I'm, I'm gonna go out there and get it. So that is about 60% of the, the deals that I get and 40 of them are, are pitched to me. So brands coming in inbound in my inbox and, and emailing me and asking. Um, but really, how do I get brand deals? Ultimately, your social media platforms are your portfolio. If a brand can see themselves in the content that you create, you're doing a great job. So that starts out with looking around your house and seeing like if you're just starting out, Talking about the stuff that you already use and that you enjoy, that's genuine and organic. When you put out organic content, number one, if you're pitching, you can tell the brand, hey, I've posted about you. Here are two examples of this and here's my engagement. Or if a brand is coming to you, they're going to see and look on your actual um, platform and say, oh, they've talked about this already. Or, oh, this positioning of how she really created this looks like something that we need for our brand. Those are the aspects that you need to go for. And it should never be a thing of, I'm doing this to get paid. It needs to be, do I genuinely like this? Because we can, your your followers, brands can read through that. If there's no like aspect of it that really looks like you're actually enjoying yourself, they can see that. And um, also another thing, third-party um, platforms. So big ones for me are Aspire IQ. Another one is um, Heartbeat. I also like um, Activate So and also Whaler. Those are really great influencer platforms that have a ton of brand relationships that you can get yourself started and work with brands. Mm, okay. So those are platforms you can go to to connect with brands that might want yeah. to partner up with you. Okay. Got it. The second question kind of like goes into it, but they're asking what are different ways to make money as an influencer? I guess maybe a little different in that, like maybe it's a sponsored post, maybe like reels and TikTok, like they monetize those videos, right? Same as YouTube with AdSense. Yeah, no, yeah, you're, hey, you, you got it. Yeah, so there's plenty of different play, things that you can do. So uh, I talked about this a little bit earlier, but user-generated content creation. So creating content that doesn't live on your feed, but you create for the brand for them to use on their social media platforms or for advertisements. That's a really big one right now um, to where, you know, hands-free, you don't have to, anything onto your following you create it for them because we and in a sense we are little mini production studios we create it and then you get paid for it affiliate marketing is a big deal so you actually talking and promoting a product and you do it consistently and your followers love it or people online love it if you have a blog putting that on pinterest and and really amplifying that message and putting in your affiliate link that helps um or putting that on stories um Sponsored posts, as you, has, as you just stated, kind of adding into your platform by ad, putting those advertisements in, whether that's via reels or a photo or stories. 
Um, another way that you can make money is by producing your own content and, and putting that out there for subscriptions like Patreon. And now soon, exclusive content for you on Instagram or even your newsletter. You know, that is going to be a major big deal. Also, another one is online shopping and live shopping. So that's going to be a big deal for Instagram. But there's also platforms like Superstar, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Super Great and Newness that are doing really big with live shopping. So if you have a great personality and you love talking on camera, that could be a really great avenue for you as well. Um, but then your own products and services, doing consulting. If you are an artist, um, maybe doing portraits or um, if you're really into digital graphics, um, making you know web websites or doing different templates or um, creating like brand logos, all of those things. You can, it just really depends. I can go on and on. There's so many different ways. When you think about micro-influencing, 100,000 or less or under when it comes to followers, let's use Instagram as an example. That's one so many people are on. What is the bracket? What's a window that someone could make in an ideal world for an in-feed post versus Instagram stories, just generally speaking? Generally speaking, for somebody that's under 100K, you know, it's going to be subjective, um, but um, we'll, we'll go, you know, we'll go for me. Like, I'll just tell you guys what my, my actual base rates are. So for an Instagram reel, what I charge with my following, with the seven years experience that I have in the community that I've built up, I charge $2,000 for an Instagram reel. For a one photo, I charge $1,000. For a, a, like, um, carousel like a three photo carousel it's between 1500 you know like 1200 1500 um instagram stories it's 750 a story so that's me and i know you're like oh these are great numbers but unless you know how to calculate them unless you know what and for me i have a i have a um a really great formula. And if anybody's listening, if you want to tap in with me, DM me. Um, and I'll, um, that was going to be my last oh, question. Yeah. <laughs> Slide it in now. Cause I know people get excited when they hear the numbers. So they're probably like, wait, I need to call flow. Yeah. No, let me know. Yeah. You've got the four week training program. You offer consultations. Yeah. I, I do all of that. Yeah. I'm, I'm here to help. Everything's personalized later on this year. I'm going to be releasing templates and I do plan on doing a actual, um, teachable startup in terms of my teachings and putting that out there in a course. So that's later on this year. But um, if you do want to tap in with me, please come to my Instagram. That's my home. Um, it's the blended beauty. And then also go ahead and go into that link in bio and subscribe to my newsletter. That is where all the tea is. I go really in depth with my community there. And those are the people who really want to understand and get educated more. And it's free. Like you, it's, it's just one subscription. I promise. I'm not going to be giving you fluff. <laughs> it's, it's always something very informative. Um, and my blog is really great. That's that's in my other home in terms of really putting out great content that I love. And if you are a person who loves um, sustainable beauty, conscious beauty, hair, and just lifestyle, and just love to learn about influencer marketing from a person who is doing it and has a duality of understanding what brands want, I'm here for you. And I'm talking to brown and black people. Like they, these are my people. These are the people that I always love to help because I know that we are marginalized and I know that these, you know, in these influencer marketing streets, it can be really tough. So I'm, I'm here to help.
I love that. You guys hit her up. Clearly, this woman knows what she's talking about from this this 45 minutes alone, let alone when you see your, your content is amazing. I, I browsed, I looked, and it's so informative and it's just you. so beautiful, aesthetically pleasing too. Um, so you guys make sure to slide in the DMs, but don't ask her 511 questions. Don't do it. Free, okay? Just she <laughs> gave you the freebies. You got the newsletter. Uh, so book a consultation if you want more. Uh, one last listener submitted question. They're asking, how do you grow on Instagram? Is it actually reels and hashtags? Do we need to post every day? Um, what do you think about it? Because we hear that all the time, right? Post, post, oh, post. Just speak. I'm so um, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be a disruptor. No, you don't need to post every day. You don't need to do that. Um, I, again, it's, I'm going to always tie it back to sustainability. I don't post every day. I post maybe four times a week, maybe four or five times a week on my stories. And I have a boundary. I don't post on the weekends at all. You're not going to see me. Um, so you don't have to do that. It's all about impacting your audience and bringing value for however many times that could be once a week. If you are an artist and you do carousel and bomb photos, that's you. And if that works for you, that's awesome. Your, your audience will be there. If you know what's up, what they like, that could be three times a week. Are you a mom? Are you a person that has a lot of other juggling priorities that you have to do? If three times a week works for you, do that, but make sure that you're asking yourself, is this valuable? Would I actually stop my scroll if I was looking at this as a consumer? Is this something that some somebody can glean from this? Is there something from this content that somebody can say, I learned from this? Or does it inspire them? Is it something that is educational or informative? All of those things matter. Reels, I like to say equal reach. So you're going to get a lot of people to see that content. Doesn't mean they're going to follow you. If you post a reel and you only post reels, but you have no substance to your platform or to things that you're actually posting, you're not gonna, that's not guaranteed followers or virality or becoming a community. You gotta do some inner work to find that. Yeah, that conversion isn't necessarily gonna happen because back to my earlier point about how savvy we are as consumers now, I can enjoy a video on Explore and be like, oh, that was a fun moment. I'm not gonna follow you. Where exactly. five years ago or 10 years ago, it's like, oh, this person did this thing one time that I love. Sure, I'll give you a follow because you're just looking for things to, you know, follow or engage with. But now our time is limited. We're curating our lives and our feeds more. So you have to earn that follow. So that's a great point about um, substance behind uh, the content you create instead of just trying to, you know, get easy clicks or views. Absolutely. And always continue your message. Like, just as you said, oh, I followed. I just I looked at that one time. and I really liked it. That means everybody else, even the people you follow, are going to forget sometimes about the things that you talk about. So always weave that in. Never forget to, if you have a particular topic that you always talk about, consistently talk about that. So they know that this is something that's important to you. Yeah, that's really good advice. Um, lastly, How Happy Mess is all about living our best lives minus the burnout. We're heavy on the minus the burnout here. So I'm <laughs> curious to know what um, is maybe your top your top one or two non-negotiables or must-dos when it comes to self-care. How do you avoid burnout, especially in a career as demanding as the one you have? Ooh, legit. Not being on my phone on the weekends is a big deal. Me and my... Uh, husband have this like we just really are not on our phones we are really avid tennis players right now so we play tennis and we do a lot of outdoor stuff so really being in the real world like that is also inspiring like you know when you get back to the you know online space that could really help you so for me not being on my phone on the weekends and really having a hard stop you know at, at nighttime like eight o'clock it's just me and hubby time 
Um, and then really in, in terms of myself, I am a be lover at heart. My skincare routine is, is just really like a ritual. My favorite thing. Y'all, y'all can't see it, but she is glowing on the other oh side. Oh my God, you are so sweet. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> this skin so is on 100. You're the sweetest. But no, like a 60 second, like first and second cleanse, like a good mask. And one day when I get my, when I build my house, I'm putting a bear claw tub in my house. And that's going to be, I can just envision myself in that every night reading. So. Love it. Love, love, no, love Those it. are my two non-negotiables for sure. <laughs> a bear claw tub. I need to put that on my vision board. Ooh. That just sounds so luxurious. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Florence, thank you so much. This conversation was great. So much information. Um, Obviously, you guys, like she mentioned, you can slide in the DMs. You can subscribe to her newsletter, The Blended Beauty on Instagram. Thank you so much for, for hanging out with us and, and sharing some of your wisdom. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Love, love, loved my conversation with Florence. She had such amazing energy, right? I so enjoyed her perspective on influencing and definitely got some food for thought. I hope you have some some great takeaways. I, I'm sure that you do. So thank you again to Florence for joining me on this week's podcast. Now, before we head out, I have a quick request. We are building community. I'm all about that. And sometimes with the internet, it can feel super one-sided, right? So I want to invite you to come on the show. We're not just trying to talk, talk, talk at you, to you, whatever. I want to talk with you, literally you. That's right. I want to interview a few of my listeners from the Hot Happy Mess community. Uh, We're going to talk self-care, relationships, your favorite episodes, anything that's moved the needle for you, help change or pivot your life in a big way or a small way. Something you were like, "Uh, wait, what? Hold on. I need to get on the podcast to be like, wait, (laughs) I have thoughts on that. Whatever it is. I'm down to hear it. I want to invite you to come on the show. So if you're interested in joining me, send an email to hello at hothappymess.com with the subject line chat with Z. And then let us know if you want to come on the show. Let me know what you want to talk about, what you would like to be interviewed about, the conversations you want to have, any episodes that resonated with you and why. If anything's changed your life, move the needle, big or small, tell us. Drop me a line and we can highlight you on the show. I would love nothing more than to do that, okay? So remember, stay tuned. We've got more episodes every Wednesday. And don't forget to tell a friend. Share the episodes. Blast Hot Happy Mess everywhere so we can keep growing, y'all. We are pushing towards that million download mark. I love to see it. I appreciate you. I love you for it. Tag us on social at Zuri Hall and at Hot Happy Mess on Instagram and Twitter so we can repost and reshare and I will talk to you next weekend. Wait, just kidding. Am I tired? I'm tired. I'll see you next Wednesday. (laughs) Bye. 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 This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, 
Real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC.